Hello and welcome to the Blue Collar League podcast. We're going to be looking back at the results of week nine and looking forward to week 10 with some projections. Week nine was an interesting one. We had some some blowouts and some close calls. First off, we're going to be discussing the match between Team Lumpies and Often Church Mac Daddy. Uh, Often Church got his second win of the season. Two straight. He's got a streak going. Lumpy just basically had a rough week. He came in like 25 under projections. He had a few players do fine, and then the rest were not doing great. Mostly his big scores were Mahomes, who's not uh, very surprising because he score, tends to score pretty high, obviously. Uh, but then also the his defense, the Titans, got 15 or 16, I think. So that's pretty impressive. Ironically, both Mahomes and the Titans' defense both have bye weeks next week. Um, Lumpy actually has dropped the Titans, but I'm sure just because he doesn't want to have to have them taking up a spot on his bench. In the sad panda category, uh, Lumpy's had quite a few lower-scoring people, including... Ronald Jones, who uh, scored, well, I mean, about half of his projection, he wound up with just under five points. And then there's Justin Jackson, uh, who was projected fairly high, uh, just about 15 points, and he didn't make it very far into the game before busting his ass, uh, so he wound up with zero. He also had the rookie, J.K. Dobbins, also about half of his projected points, but, uh, you know, he got more action uh, than they thought he was going to just in general because of an injury on his team, and so he could he could get more points in upcoming time, although the guy who's out, it sounds like it's touch and go, so they don't really know. There's no guarantee, but we'll see what he does in the future. Often Church also did not have a majestic week. Uh, he was about 15 under his projection, but he did have enough to win. He pulled ahead by seven points. That's all that matters. His quarterback, Deshaun Watson, got 23 points, which was right in line with his projection. Uh, he's been doing pretty well. Next week, he plays the Browns, and they are doing a little rough, so he could get some pretty good scores next week, so we'll see what happens with that. Often Church plays our league leader, Candyman Dan, next week, so I think he's slightly favored. I don't know if they've messed with their lineups yet, really, um, but that could come into play then. He also had DK Metcalf, who got 23 points also, Uh not totally shocking from him, but he has been all over the road, so it's a nice, healthy score. He's against the Rams next week and is expected to score reasonably high. And then basically his next highest scorer was Marvin Jones, who plays for the Lions, who only wound up with about 13 points. Uh, but 
he's another one who, because of an injury on his team, he's getting a lot more action. So they actually expected him to score higher than that. I mean, his projection wasn't that high, but just because they knew he would have to have a more central role. Uh, and it looks like he's going to in week 10 against Washington. So we'll see what happens with that, too. And then he had several um, people on the sad end of things, including Brandon Ayuk, who had scored quite well in week eight. And he sort of last minute half-assed tested positive, or they were worried he would test positive for COVID because of contact with a teammate. So then he got pulled off of that. But then I don't, I didn't actually ever see him on the COVID list. So apparently they just kept him out of the game and then he tested negative and now he's back. So we'll see what he does in week 10 against New Orleans. He also had Michael Thomas, who was finally back from injury. He only wound up with about half of his projection too. He wound up with 10 points, but he's been, you know, injured it seems like in various ways and he's still questionable and he isn't like fully practicing so it's not really clear if he is going to actually participate uh in week 10 but he is projected fairly high if he does other than that there was not a whole lot to write home about between those so we will move on to our next matchup between team boosh and Candyman dan and Candyman got his seventh win uh, with 138 points over Ross's 122. Both had some really good weeks and some stankers. Uh, Ross had Russell Wilson. Wilson, my friend. And he scored under his projections, but still reasonably well. He wound up with, I think, 22 points. And he's against the Rams next week, and he's projected about the same. He also had wide receiver Will Fuller score well above his projection uh, against the Jaguars, and he's against the Browns next week. And he's projected about the same. But as I mentioned earlier, the Browns are not doing great, so he could uh, multiply the points a little bit. He also had Devontae Adams score 33 points, which was pretty impressive. And he is against the Jaguars next week. And they've been having a little bit of trouble, so he could be putting up some really big points as well. Although I personally hope not, because Team Boosh is against me next week. Uh, so I would be fine if the whole roster gets covid then he had a few people who scored like okay, but beneath projections, so a little bit depressing, including Kamara, who wound up well under projection with only about 15 points. But to be fair, the whole team was getting schooled, so it's not that surprising he didn't get much uh, chance for point action. Uh, he's against the 49ers next week, and he is projected to score fairly high, and he just generally does, so things are looking good on that front. And then he had Dondre Swift, uh, who came in a little under his projection. He wound up with just under 12 points, um, which is not, like, terrible for him, 
and he's actually doing reasonably well, but still not majestic points. Uh, he's against Washington next week and is expected to do about the same. And then he had the sad case of his tight end, Robert Tanyan, who janked up his knee. So he only wound up with one and a half points. And he's, you know, I mean, I feel like tight ends in general are a little all over the road, but he has scored some super high points at different times before. Now he is squarely on the questionable list, uh, but he's against the Jaguars next week if he does play. So that could be good if he manages to keep together. Could get some pretty good action. He also had Jamichael Hasty, who I think has some pretty majestic hair. Uh, <laughs> he only wound up with about three and a half points, um, but they were getting pounded pretty hard, and he just didn't get that many opportunities anyway, so it's not that shocking. And it's also not that far away from the most fantasy points he has scored in a game this year. So, I mean, I guess not an abysmal shock, but not great either. And next week he's against New Orleans, and he's projected lower than he was against Green Bay, but we'll see what that actually winds up meaning. Candyman, on the other hand, had Aaron Rodgers, who scored... Oh, I mean, it's right up there with the highest fantasy points he's gotten so far this year in a, in a single game. About 29 points. I think his highest is only like 30 or 31. So he had a good game, and he's up against the Jaguars next week. And... Uh, projected a little bit higher, and in general, I think can reasonably be expected to get you something roughly around there again. Of course, he is somewhat notoriously all over the road with his points, but this season he has been a little bit more consistent, so there's high hopes. He also had a really great game with Tyreek Hill, who wound up with 33 points, which is his highest fantasy score this season in a single game by about, I don't know, eight points. And he has a bye week next week, um, so that's a little bit too bad. But then he's against the Raiders in week 11. So there's that to look forward to. And then he also had TJ Hawkinson, his tight end, who got about 15 points, which is a night... Nice, healthy score for a tight end. Uh, he's been pretty consistently higher scoring. Uh, and in week 10, he's against Washington, and I think he will do about the same again. So those are nice points to pick up. And then Candyman had a few more depressing scores, uh, including Ezekiel Elliott, who is capable of really high scoring, but he has been dealing with some injury problems, and he was um, questionable right up until game time. He only wound up with about nine points, uh, but he he did get, you know, he played a lot. He just didn't really get anywhere, so he wasn't picking up any actual points, really. Which, while depressing, is actually good news for his physical fitness because he, while he didn't actually score that much, he is, like, physically good enough to keep playing. So hopefully he's permanently off the whole injury situation for now. 
Uh, in week 10, he has a bye, so he has extra time to rest up. And then in week 11, he plays the Vikings, and that should be a pretty good matchup for him so he can look to get some more points. He also had DJ Moore, who only wound up with about four points, which is roughly 10 under his projection, so that's pretty depressing. Um, he is capable of some pretty good points, but he also is a little bit all over the road. Uh, so I'll be interested to see what that means when he plays the Buccaneers in Week 10. Uh, he's projected fairly high, uh, and a lot depends on what winds up happening with Christian McCaffrey, who was actually part of the reason Moore had a few less chances at action uh, because McCaffrey was sucking some of those up. Uh, But that might not be a problem in week 10 because, as we'll discuss later, because it sucks, McCaffrey, in his first game back, got himself a boo-boo. Uh, Candyman also had Jordan Wilkins, who, I mean, he only got about six points, and he wasn't projected much higher, but it's still a little depressing because he seems to be pretty good, so he's capable of scoring higher. He has had some real Debbie Downer games uh, in the past, but mostly, I think, just because of not getting that many opportunities. He does seem to be slowly getting more opportunities over time, uh, but it seems pretty uncertain going into the future. Uh, They play the Titans in week 10, and he's projected a little higher. I don't know. It seems like he's going to have a little bit of a rough time, but hopefully he'll get a little more action and more chances to score. Well, that just about covers the most interesting tidbits from the Candyman Boosh lineup. So... We actually are going to have a call-in from the Don Father, our league manager, and we're going to hop on over to that. You're on the podcast. Yes, I am. And I'm including this entire in its entirety. All right. <laughs> Can I Good. say a couple things then? Go for it. All right. First and foremost, bump your team sucks. You're lucky that I got Calvin Ridley hurt. But Christian Kirk's sitting on my bench. I'm going to throw all my other players on the bench again so you can't see my cards. And you're lucky that you got Tom Brady as your backup for Patrick Mahomes. But I think Chris Carson's not going to play this week for Seattle. And that's going to fuel over. So let's go, you lumpy. I'm winning this. I like that your weekly contribution is just trash talking against the person you're up against that that's all i got no that's fine and carson i was actually looking at him uh i know he didn't practice on wednesday so uh you actually have a fairly good shot of him not playing yeah he's got a foot injury he did not partake yesterday um i don't know we'll see all right then. Uh, <laughs> who were you? I I did. I was recording about uh, the different matchups, but you were against. Oh, you had a rough week against Crimson Steamer last week. Yeah, I think I think Crimson Steamer is the powerhouse. I think Dan has a good record, but uh, 
Crimson Steamer um, has racked up over 100 more points than Dan has. So I think Crimson Steamer at the end of this uh, league, he's going to be the victor. Yeah, I was kind of starting to think that too. I I mean, I think he's going to be definitely a contender because he's been scoring above his projections pretty much every week now. He had a few rough weeks, mostly because other people had an exceptionally good week. If you, if you have not watched Kyler Murray play yet for the Cardinals, turn your TV on and watch him. He is done with his bye now, and I bet you he's going to be almost scoring over 30 points every single week. Yeah, he is pretty good. Um, he has, I think his lowest score is like fairly high. It's like 22 points or something. His lowest fantasy score this year. Yeah. Which is pretty. Don't worry. Delvin Cook's also done with his buys. And if he doesn't get injured, he'll be dropping 30, 40. If he wants 50 points a week, it doesn't matter. He's. Hard to uh, get under 20. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think his his lowest of a game he actually played is like high teens. Yeah, I'm looking at Matt's team and there, he doesn't have any bad. Um, there's nothing bad about his team. He's even got a good backup tight end. With, uh, I know. With Kelsey being out. Is he out? He's on a bye week. Oh, yeah, he has a bye in week 10. You're right. And the best deal of the draft, James Robinson for the Jags. I believe he picked him up off waivers early uh, in the season. And he is player ranked number four for all running backs right now. (laughs) Off the waivers, picked him up. It is pretty impressive. Yeah, he he's had a good season just in general. Um, yeah, when I look through his roster, I'm like I, pretty much everybody's good, and cer- certainly capable of some pretty high points. Uh, why don't you share your thoughts on the matchups for next week while I try to call Steven? Um, obviously, I think I'm going to beat Lumpy. Uh, I've been on a losing streak, but I'm going to take him on. Uh, Crimson Steamer is going to win over Zach. Uh, I'm going to go with Steve over Andy. Joe Mixon is questionable. So, Andy, if you're listening, I know I got beef with Joe Mixon. I don't think he's going to play. And it looks like the Saints – no, the C- Seattle plays uh, the Rams, and they got a pretty solid defense. So I don't think Tyler Lockett's going to go off for a bunch of points. Ross is going to be Lucas. Sorry, Lucas. Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's probably going to beat me. <laughs> I, I, uh, sadly, he. I think he's going to. He's got a pretty good setup. If I were you, I would pull out Antonio Brown and pick up a different wide receiver. I don't. Yeah, you think so? I don't trust the Buccaneers whatsoever. They are so hit. Well, neither do I. And they're, but they're kind. You know, Godwin's been uh, injured, and they've just been kind of all over the road. So, 
I'm also going to go with, oh, I am going to go big power matchup, Mac Daddy and Candyman. Hold on here. What do we got? Oof. I'm going to go with Mac Daddy. Are you? I'm going with Mac Daddy. Dan? I mean, he does He does have a two-game winning streak. Because right now, Mac Daddy's got D. Dallas in, and if Carson does end up playing, he can always switch out for another running back. And I'm sure there's got to be one who's better than D. Dallas somewhere out there in the abyss. Yeah. And, I mean, so the one thing I do have to say with Mac Daddy is a lot of his players – he has some really good players, but a lot of them fluctuate a ton from week to week. So it's like super hard to tell what's going to happen because if they tend to line up with their good weeks, then he has a lot better chance of getting some decent scoring. Yeah. He kind of got screwed with uh, his wide receiver, Brandon. I don't even know how you say that. Ayuk. Uh, <laughs> I, I always say I, yeah, I have no idea if that's. With uh, Garoppolo getting hurt and. Deshaun Watson hasn't been playing well like he should be this year. Everyone had him projected pretty high, and obviously the Michael Thomas injury, but he's back. That's what he should do. He should put Michael Thomas in. Well, Michael Thomas, though, is still considered questionable, and he has only been practicing limited, I know. Um so I don't know. Like, I mean, I think if he does play, he's probably going to score pretty well. But I think it's still unsure about when he's going to be, like, full-on back. Hey, do me a favor, Lucas, and take out the swear words out of this. I don't want Dan yelling at me. Okay. Are there swear words? Were there swear I words? I used a naughty word once. Okay. Why is he going to yell at you? Was he listening to it with his pastor or what? Probably. All right, fine. I will try to bleep you. I'll do my best, but I can't promise much because we have very low production values here. <laughs> we have many sponsors, but they don't sponsor us with very much. Well, that brings us to the end of the interview with the Don Father, but we appreciated the call in. Next up, we'll discuss the matchup between Dream Teammates and Team Z Dubs. Uh, Dream Teammates. Uh, and, well, both of them really have a similar record, but Dream Teammates did manage to pull ahead and won by about 20 points. They were both projected very close, uh, so it just became a kind of luck of the draw thing. They both had some pretty decent weeks and some roughies, just like everybody. Starting off with Dream Teammates, he had Cam Newton, who finally had a pretty good week. Um, he can be pretty skilled, uh, but he has been all over the road. He started off the season pretty strong. Then he had some problems, some low scores, some roughies. Uh, but he did pretty well. Week 10 is going to be tough. Um, he's projected lower, but just in general, unless he's really gotten all the way out of the little slump deal he was in. Uh, plus, it's a tougher team. He's up against Baltimore. So, we'll see. And Dream Teammates also had Stefan Diggs, who had a nice week. He scored over his projections. He wound up with about 20 points. Um, 
he's been doing pretty well this season, so it's not totally shocking, but it is exciting. And week 10, he's against the Cardinals, and I think he's probably going to do even better against them. Uh, so that could be pretty cool. And then he had Keenan Allen, who we've talked about before. He's done pretty well week to week. Uh, he's had a few little bit lower scoring, but generally pretty high. He wound up with 25 points um, against the Raiders. Uh, week 10, he's against the Dolphins, and I think he's going to score a little bit less, a little bit tougher for what he's got going on, uh, but he's still definitely capable of really high points. And then he also got eight points from Will Lutz, his kicker, um, which, I mean, eight points doesn't seem that exciting, but to me it's pretty exciting because I hardly ever get that many points out of a kicker. Uh, Lutz has had many higher scores than that, but that's still pretty decent. On the more stanker end of things, Dream Teammates had James Conner, who is pretty good. I mean, he is capable of some higher scoring games, certainly in fantasy points, but um, he had a rough week against the Cowboys and he only wound up with four points. Uh, So, I mean, I guess it's not nothing, but it was rough, Uh, but he is against the Bengals next week. And I think he's going to do better against them. Uh, He's actually projected lower, but I have a feeling he's going to do better. And he certainly seems to bounce around a little, but generally he's been in at least the high teens. So I think you can safely say he'll be somewhere in there. And then possibly the biggest dud situation for him was Rob Gronkowski, who played the Saints for the second time this year. The first time, he got three points against them, and I was hoping he would be doing much better against them this week. Turns out he did even worse. He got about a third of those points, which if you do the math, right around one point, uh, he had a rough day. Uh, (laughs) Their whole team did. Next week, they're playing the Panthers, and I mean, he's only got one direction to go, so I'm guessing it's going to be better. Uh, he's not projected as high, but I think the, against the Panthers, he'll get some points. He'll be a little more decent. Probably still nothing crazy, but I would say definitely closer to the 10 points mark. And then on the Team Z-Dubs side of things, he had a few great games, including Ben Roethlisberger, who had 25 points, which isn't like insane for a quarterback, but it is his highest fantasy score this year. And he was against the Cowboys, and in Week 10, he's against the Bengals, and he's projected a little lower, but I think he's going to do pretty good against them, too, as long as they manage to stay off the COVID list because they've been having problems also. He was on the list for a little bit, I guess, um, but has gotten pulled back off. So as long as he stays active, and let me tell you, nothing is more frustrating than people getting pulled off at the last second for COVID. I'm not a fan. Then let's see. He also had AJ Brown who did pretty well. Um, He wound up with 20 points against Chicago and that's not his highest of the season or anything, but it's pretty close to his highest. Uh, He's had like one week where he went a ways past that. Uh, Week 10, he's against the Colts, 
And he's projected about the same, so we'll see what happens with that. Then he also had Juju Smith-Schuster, which is quite the mouthful. Uh, he got 21 points against the Cowboys, and, which was like way over his projection. Um, he's against the Bengals also in Week 10, and he's projected higher against them. So, you know, that is a good sign. Uh, but he, it doesn't seem like he's been practicing all the way. I mean, he did in their most recent practice, but there were a couple, it sounds like, where he was sort of limited. So, I mean, he's he's listed as a full participant, so whatever. But it seems like there could be some questions there. On the stanker end of things, he didn't have anything too crazy, mostly just injury-related stuff. Uh, David Montgomery only wound up with just over four points uh, against Tennessee, but he has been like a pretty high scorer in general, but he got a concussion, and he has been ruled out of Week 10 against the Vikings, which is tragic, but then Week 11, he has a bye week, so hopefully he'll be raring to go by Week 12. And another disappointment he had was Jared Cook, who's a tight end, he got two points, which is thoroughly depressing because he is pretty capable of higher points and he's done pretty well. And I think he just didn't get as many chances. Uh, He, in week 10, is against 49ers. And he's projected about the same, but I'm hoping he'll, even though I think they're a tougher team just in general, he will hopefully score a lot higher than two. So all in all, a pretty interesting matchup. They were actually pretty close overall. Uh, Hopefully, they will both see a little bit of a pickup in some of their lower-scoring people who are all capable of higher points, and we'll see what happens. And then that brings us to our biggest blowout of the week, uh, the Donfather against Crimson Steamer. Uh, which things did not go well for the Don Father. Uh, Crimson Steamer, yet again, wound up just pounding out points. He wound up with eh, 75 points more than the Don Father. So, I mean, it was it was a close one. He really, I mean, he's had some people put up some really great points, but he just had another great week. Kyler Murray, who we talked about a little bit earlier, is obviously extremely skilled, and he got 36 points against the Dolphins, which is pretty impressive. Uh, next week, he's against the Bills, and he's projected her. I think he's going to do quite well against them. Uh, I'm guessing it will probably not be quite as high, but I mean, it's probably going to be close to 30, so definitely exciting. He also had Dalvin Cook with another really great week. Uh, he was one of the one. He was the one in week eight who had almost fifty points, and he had just under forty in week nine against the Lions. Uh, so that's pretty exciting. Uh, he's been a little bit all over the road, but definitely capable of some really high scoring. And he's against Chicago in week ten, and I have a feeling he's going to score pretty high again. He also had a really great week with. Travis Kels, or Kelsey, however the hell you say his name, 
Uh, he wound up with 25 points, which is just slightly above what he had in week eight. So he's just climbing up, uh, which is, you know, generally really great for a tight end anyway. Uh, that was against the Panthers. He has a bye week in week 10, so we'll have to wait until week 11 to see if he does even more great stuff. He also got 15 points from the Ravens' defense, which is just about twice what they were projected, so that's pretty sweet. Really, the only super depressing one he had was Corey Davis, who wound up with zippy-zap points. Uh, He just didn't have that many chances. He was only targeted a few times, and things did not go well. But the norm for his team otherwise was doing above and beyond. The Don father, on the other hand, had a rough week. Uh, he didn't score nothing. He just wasn't going great. Um, he hit Lamar Jackson, scored under his projections again against the Colts. Uh, week 10, he's against the Patriots. And it looks, I mean, he's projected about the same. It looks like he might have a little bit of a tougher time. But he's capable of really high points, so we'll have to wait and see. His main high scorer was Christian Kirk, who got 23 points, which is double his more than double his projection, which is pretty exciting. Um, he has been reasonably high points uh, a few different games, but he also has had some lower scoring ones. Uh, he's against the Bills in Week 10, I think has an opportunity to do even better, even though he's not projected very high. Other than that, it was a who's who of people underperforming. Derrick Henry only wound up with six points. Singletary only wound up with, I think, something similar, about six points against the Seahawks. Uh, He's against the Cardinals, which is going to be even tougher in Week 10. And Calvin Ridley wound up being out because of a foot injury, so he got zippy-zap. Uh, week 10's a bye for him, so hopefully he'll be back and ready to roll against the Saints in Week 11. And, you know, I take it back. He did have a good week out of John Brown for the Bills, who scored well over his projections. Uh, but he's so all over the road, you just can't depend on him, and it just was a drop in the bucket. He's against the Cardinals in Week 10, and, I mean, he's had some problems with injuries, too. I mean, he's missed some time. Yeah, I think it's his knee. Um, but as long as he's healthy, he might have a decent week 10. And then week 11 is a bye week for him. So hopefully he'll use that time to rest up a little bit. Overall, though, I mean, it was an exciting week for Crimson Steamer. The Father. bit of a curveball for him. But hopefully he will bounce back in week 10. And that moves us on to our final matchup between Kirk Enterprise and Quality Andy. This was an extremely nerve-wracking and tight game. Uh, Kirk Enterprise wound up winning by just about a half a point. It was, it was tough. We were projected almost identically, and we both underperformed by about exactly 10 points. On the Kirk Enterprise side of things, Josh Allen had a great game. Uh, He was in a bit of a slump for a little bit there and was having some trouble. Then against the Seahawks, he wound up with 36 points. 
And then in week 10, he's against the Cardinals. I think he's actually going to do reasonably well fantasy points-wise against them. And then in an exciting and also hyper-depressing end of things, Kirk Enterprise, uh, Christian McCaffrey, who has been out since week two with injuries, has first game back in week nine, got 37 freaking points, but also got like a rib busted. So now he's back on injury. Enterprise also had Janu Smith, who, yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely inconsistent, but he does get some higher scoring. Uh, he wound up with, I mean, it was over his projections, but it was only 11 points, but still not nothing. He's against the Colts in Week 10, so we'll see how that goes. Other than that, for Enterprise, it was pretty pretty spotty. Things weren't going well. Uh, The Antonio Brown had his first game, and Godwin, they're both on the same team, both wide receivers, and they wound up with a bit of a clusterfuck just in general with people trying to figure out who's who's going to be getting what. They both wound up with right around six points. As you heard earlier during my interview with the Don Father, uh, he thinks that I should bench Antonio Brown, but I think he's... Got some good potential for the future. A lot depends on who winds up getting the biggest share of the action. So we'll have to wait and see. And then the Patriots' defense only got three points, which was, you know, like a fourth of their projection. But uh, it wound up being that that was the last points to come in. And Enterprise was like two and a half points behind. So they they put him over the top. And Quality Andy on his side of things actually had a decent week across the board. Uh, he had a few who had exceptionally good weeks, like Matt Ryan. Uh, he has been, you know, reasonably high, but he got 23 points against the Broncos. He's got a bye in week 10, though, so... Unfortunately, he won't be available for getting some more points. Then he had McKinnon, who got about 15 points, uh, which is, you know, pretty decent for him. There are some high hopes that he'll do even more in Week 10 because of some other injuries on the team. Uh, He's against the Saints. He's not projected very high, but he's likely to get a lot more action, so. And then Allen Robinson, who is listed as questionable again. He's had some problems with his knee. Um, but he, he got about 15 points against the Titans. Uh, he's against the Vikings in Week 10 and could score reasonably high again uh, if he manages to stay active. And then he, actually his highest fantasy scorer was Terry McLaurin, who wound up with just under 25 points. Um, which is pretty good for him. I mean, he's been a little bit all over the road. He is capable of relatively high scoring. Uh, He had a bye in week eight, um, so maybe he's coming out fresh. 
Uh, he's against the Lions in Week 10, so I have a feeling he could put up some reasonably high scoring again. He didn't have any that were horridly abysmal. Uh, probably the biggest like upset, I guess, depressing stat was Tyler Lockett, who has gotten some pretty high points, but is definitely all over the road. Uh, he wound up way under his projection with only eight points, um, so he missed that by like 11 points. Um, he was against the Bills. Uh, he just didn't get that much action, I guess. Um, he's against the Rams in Week 10, and he's not expected to do super great against them, but hopefully we'll do better than eight points. Overall, both teams did decent, had, you know, a decent week. Tragically for Andy, the half point has got to suck uh, because being so close, it's it's a little bit easier to have the blowout, I think, because then you don't have any chance. Whereas with half a point, you're like, ah, one player, just pick it up a little bit. Well, then that brings us to week 10, which could be interesting. Uh, Often Church is against Candyman Dan, and Often Church is uh, favored to win, but they're projected pretty close, so I think that one's going to be a tight one. I'm wondering if Often Church will turn his two-win streak into a three-win streak, and then I, I do think actually Often Church is going to win. That's what I'm going with. Uh, then Dream Teammates um, is against Quality Andy, and he's way favored. Um, I think, though, that's going to be tighter than they think because Quality Andy's got some pretty high scores, so if they get things in line, hopefully that'll be good. I think it's going to be tight, uh, but I I actually think Quality Andy's going to pull a, pull a rabbit out of the hat. And then Crimson Steamer is against Z-Dubs. Crimson Steamer is definitely favored, but they're not that far apart. Um, so I think Z-Dubs would give him a run for his money. He just needs Crimson Steamer to have a few of his crazy overperformers to have just like a more moderate week, um, and then he could be in the running. I do think Crimson Steamer is going to win, though, but I think it's going to be tighter. Then the Don Father against Lumpies. Lumpies is favored, but the Don Father has been kind of in a slump. So I think hopefully he's in for a week where things kind of turn around a little bit and he gets things lined up a little better. Uh, I do think that Lumpies is going to win, though. And then Kirk Enterprise against Team Boosh, and Boosh is favored quite a bit. Uh, things, things, I think it's going to be tighter than they expect, but Boosh has got a pretty good team. So I think I'm going to have to go with Boosh to be the winner for that. Um, a lot could change depending on who's getting what action, but it's not looking good for Kirk to Enterprise. Well, I think that just about brings us to the end of this week's podcast. I am excited to see what happens in week 10. Um, I think a lot could change. There could be some upsets, but we will discuss it next week.